Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was meanwhile discovering it on like my friend's fathers. Oh my God. A friend's father, the things they did not do to us, but we wish they did. Honey. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? This week, we've got Gus Hegarty on the podcast. You maybe follow him on Instagram or have seen him on his stunning boyfriend's page. That's right, Dan Grossi-Pelosi is Gus Hegarty's gorgeous boyfriend. And God, it's been a long time coming. Gus and I talk body hair being a fashion faggot, him, not me. And we also discuss what's been done to Jennifer Coolidge. If you are curious about the Patreon this week, our bonus episode is actually kind of volney. It's about friendship breakups as adults, something that I've not talked about publicly, but felt comfy to talk about on the podcast for the girlies there. I've had a plot twist happen this week with a friend that kind of brought up a lot of uh, big feelings about two big changes in my friendships. And I would love to see you there if that interests you. Just $5 a month and we already have three bonus episodes up about my brother's bachelor party, about friendship breakups, and about the Korean spa bathhouse experience I had on my birthday. So check it out. Also, New Yorkers, I'll be there in just a few weeks to do That's a Gay-Ass Live show in the New York Comedy Festival. It's a big darn deal. It's a 6.30 p.m. show on Friday, November 3rd with Bowen Yang, Broadway's Jessica Vosk, Chris Murphy of Vanity Fair, and we just booked Mamshi as the drag queen of the night. <laughs> Meatball of Sloppy Seconds fame uh, has posted a million clips of Mamshi online, and I have fallen in love. And she is going to be doing the show along with some other future guests to be announced soon, our himbos, etc. So check out the description or my bio for the tickets to That's a Gay-Ass Live show on November 3rd in New York City at Chelsea Music Hall. We're going to get into this episode with Gus Hegarty, the sexy, funny, smart otter of the century. If you enjoy the episode, let me know on Instagram. I'm at Eric Wills. You can follow Gus or tag the podcast at Gay Ass Podcast. And check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast for only $5 a month. And so far, I've been doing bonus episodes every single week, and I have no intention of slowing that down. Enjoy. (laughs) 
Gus, we met in purse all of like a month ago, and now we're here on this podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This like feels like my bar mitzvah. I'm so excited. The bar mitzvah I never had. You're already giving references that are mandatory and appreciated. Um, so you never had a bar mitzvah. Do you no. if you were to have one, what would your theme have been? Um, it would be different if it was now, but I think back then it definitely would have been like skateboarding. Oh, sure. You were straight presenting. Yeah. Oh, honey, she was shape-shifting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do they call it when um code code switching? You were code, code switching. switching. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which I think we kind of all were, but if you were going to actively choose skateboarding, honey, you were you were fully in it. No, I was enmeshed. And I loved I loved skateboarding culture. I really did. And I still do. It wasn't like a full drag, but it was, you know, it was outsider. It was um, against the system. It was weirdos mm. who skated. So I was like, I was feeling it out. I knew I belonged there for some reason. God, this is so beautiful to hear because when I met you in person, all I saw was this like evolved Brooklynite, Mm. gay gorgeous otter and i had no idea you had a skateboarding pass so here we are to tell the tale i think i would have wished that my bar mitzvah theme was like broadway or like hollywood (laughs) you know like i was an aspiring performer but like didn't know it but i didn't have a relationship to that stuff yet at 13 i'm just jealous that you were able to feel able to do skateboarding culture because i had friends when i was in middle school who we went to the um i think it was called like ramp riders or like it was alliterative and we would do they would skateboard or um rollerblade down very steep inclines and it scared the shit out of me every time yeah that was my jam i had a longboard too i would like we would call it bombing hills in my neighborhood it was terrifying and i fell a lot um, but I think the adrenaline was part of it. I, I mean, I wasn't good at it. Like, let's be clear. Like, when I was skating, it was for the merch. It was like brand allegiance. Like, I loved all the merch. I loved the designs. I was like, kind of like scooting around with my board and like kicking it and like performing. Like, oh, can't get this trick. Ugh, oh my it's god, driving but me crazy. I think brand allegiance. We don't give it enough credit for the things. I mean, I. I've told this story a long time ago. I entered an ice skating hockey competition when my brothers also entered, and I only did it because they were giving out free merch. And guess who lost the contest? My three straight brothers. Guess who was selected? This faggotrini. And I... They were so pissed. They saw me like improperly hold a hockey stick. Oh God, it felt good. Uh, yeah, but you had earned that stick. What, what was the merch Sweetie. that you got? Was it like a jersey? Like a mesh? I got jersey. I got mesh. I got stick. Um, <laughs> I, I don't got think stick. I got skate. But I also I apparently earned a free lesson with NHL players. But we were out of town during it, so I don't think I. Oops. I think I maybe went to a practice sesh. But <laughs> wow, that is transporting me because my brothers, when they did play hockey, and I got one peek into the locker room. Mm, yeah, oh. smelled like shit, and yet I yeah. wanted to be. Talk about wanting to be enmeshed. Oof. Yes, talking about wanting to be there, be a part of the team, and just shape shift on into their locker room. I met onto my knees, the showers, we got it. That's right. That's right. Um, There's a lot of things I want to discuss on this podcast with you because, God, I 
am such a fan of yours. I'm such a fan of your stunning husband of 38 years, Dan Grossi Pelosi. <laughs> and this has been a long time coming. So let's first get into when we met, you were in LA at the gorgeous Grossi Pelosi book tour. And you are still in the middle of that right now. Are you surviving? I'm surviving. I yeah, it's been um, immense. I am Actually, I'm kind of winding down my chapter of it. Dan goes back out tomorrow on his book tour. Plug for Let's Eat. Get that cookbook if you haven't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I mean, it was super fun, super stimulating to meet all these wonderful people that have been following him and following me for a while. Yeah, and also I kind of. I just like lost track of like where we were at any given moment. Like yeah. the the country really starts you start to see the homogenization of all of our poor cities when you're traveling back to back in all those cities and going to like Is there one chain restaurant that you would make you forget where you were or maybe one that sparked joy or pain? No, it's more like Everlane. You know, like just like the feeling of like, oh, there's an Everlane like in downtown Boston. And like, I was, of course, being asked, like, how are you enjoying blank city by everyone oh. where I was? And I was like, truthfully, like, we're staying in your downtown at some hotel that's like doing like some weird like concept where it's like an army bunker or like minimalism. And like, it used to be where Chernobyl was. And now it's a hotel. Yeah, exactly. And like. Did you you didn't know you needed a record player in your room and it's on the floor just like artists did in the 1970s and you're like does a record player work absolutely not <laughs> but it has a his and his sink <laughs> exactly yeah so just this sort of vapid regurgitation of like what you see on your instagram feed just like made into like structures across the country so like at one point we were in boston i was just like typing addresses that i thought we were going to in seattle and i was like why isn't this working and Tim was <laughs> it like says it, it says it's 38 hour drive away exactly like the lift was like lift can't take you that far and i was like what is it talking about Sweetie, we can't go to the Tacoma Airport. Exactly. We're in Cambridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that though. It's both beautiful to probably see so many faces of supporters of yours and Dan's, but also you want to be able to perform the oh my god. Boston has been so gorgeous. I didn't know you had that tiny artist flea market and it's, instead you're like you're Everlane on Main Street. Yeah. Looks like a great franchise compared yeah. to what I saw in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, it also just gets at something that I've been pretty obsessed with lately, which is just like travel as this like conversation piece and like our culture's obsession with travel, but like more of the like checking it off kind of mentality we have around when we visit places. Mm. Like the the anxiety that I feel when I've told someone I've gone to a city and then I know that I'm about to field a bunch of questions of like, did you do? Did you oh, do? Yeah. Did, did you, you do? And I'm like, did I do? Like, did I fuck it? Did I complete it? Like, it's just like this, like, <clears throat> I grabbed the uh, the activity and like masticated it and now I'm done. And it's like, that's just so like, you know, there was this feeling of like, where are you going to eat when you're here? And I'm like... <sighs> It's very Please. achievement uh, oriented and focused. Yeah. And I, I'm getting to the point in my adulthood where it's very scary to post 
even just for your friends where you are on the planet. <laughs> because if you happen to know a single third cousin, yeah. oh. they're going to be pissed you did not take <laughs> them to the cheesecake factory <laughs> it's i i was in chicago for my brother's bachelor party and um right. i on purpose did not you know tell anyone that i was what geographic location i would be in because i was already dealing with enough i mean right. i was already sort of there was a lot of anticipation leading into that oh yeah I and was um dms i'm sure you were i was not the only person asking of questions but you're the only one that mattered gus thank you're, you you're you're the only one that mattered yeah but i i mean i literally had to do a bonus episode on the patreon because there was so much to unpack and i and i posted that i went out in boys town and immediately a lot of gay people were like oh my and by the way i loved that part because i was like god it's so i love that you can post a single sign of a gay bar and then have 20 people be like did you get plugged in the bathroom at steamworks and i'm like god i love these questions <laughs> the straight boys did not know to ask me about steamworks no 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 no. we have our own little list of to do's the eatery for gays <laughs> yeah that <laughs> I mean, that sequence was, I, as I said, was in your DMs for it because it was, I mean, it was thrilling. It was like you were getting to see an underworld that, you know, we're not always invited to the bachelor bachelor party. Was that what it was? It was, and we're not. And there, it very much was a study abroad that I did not sign up for, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. You didn't know all the languages. No, God, no. I really, I, I had to study up on um how to not be called a faggot. Um, but I do. And by the way, they none of that. Yeah, like they're like all not homophobic. Like the dramatization of us around straight people. Like it was so scary. Like I can't. Well, that's literally. I told the. I told the boys. I told the boys (laughs) when we were together. I said the only reason I can drag you on the internet is because you're actually being quite nice to me. Yeah, and they were. They were all. They were like punching up my posts. I mean, come on now. Totally. I I went to I'll, the, I'll shout him out. There was this guy Michael who I he became one of my crushes, and I would show him a post and be like, "What do you think?" Clearly asking for approval. <laughs> um, and then I could tell he liked it, I liked it. So all all this to say, lots of lots of healing mm-hmm. and sure a bit of controversy. Mm-hmm. But I do need to get into the controversial gay ass podcast question for you, Gus Hegarty. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's like there's three parts to it for me. And some of them are not humans. Mm. But we'll start with the human first. I blame 1989 Parenthood, the movie. Mm. I blame Steve Martin. <gasps> I blame him. Um, and I'm going to take him to court today for, he's on trial for wearing Levi's 501 <laughs> jeans on the baseball diamond and just being like a goofy, like he's like goofy, but he's like stressed out being a father. And he's also so hot to me. Now at this point, I didn't know this. Like, this is like a family movie that we were like watching annually as a family. I'm gonna say, babe, I googled you. You were born in '88, yeah. so this was this was kind of uh, at the time almost like throwback, but still of enough recent memory that every year you watched it and it just it was perfect nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like it's like a birthstone because it was like the year after I was born. Like, it was kind of oh like, oh my god, that's such a chart. good that's such a good question. Your your male horn 
birthstone. You're you're exactly. a Steve Martin in Parenthood son. Like who was who was rising when you were born? Do you know what I mean? Like what male yeah, figure yeah, 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 yeah. was rising? Oh my god, wait, that I might have to like completely take that from you and then ask it to every single person I meet mm-hmm. because Steve Martin, I get. And I just looked at a picture in Parenthood. I very much co-sign what you're saying. And he already had, of course, his emblematic salt and pepper hair. Oh, yeah. There's a scene in that movie. There's two scenes I want to highlight. There's a scene, one scene with Mary Steenberger, who like I wanted to be. She like kind of yes. looks like my mother vaguely. And I was like, that's me. Just like she had this like shrug kind of like cotton long sleeve that was like falling off her shoulders. And it was like <laughs> nighttime and they were having like a parents kind of like bedroom chat. And all of a sudden, there was, it cuts a frame. It's like terrible editing, but it's also beautiful. It cuts frame and suddenly Steve Martin's pants are off. And he's like <gasps> walking around the room in these gray briefs. And you are just like watching the architecture move through space. Does it look heavy? Oh, I mean, it's not even that. It's just that like, I'm curious. What lies beneath? What, yeah, li- what like, lies beneath? How is it moving? Why is it laying that direction? Like where, what's happening? And then there's like multiple shots of it. And Again, like I'm watching this as a young person and like I love this movie. Everyone else, meanwhile, like if you talk to anyone now is like, oh my God, Keanu Reeves in that movie. Because Keanu Reeves is having like this major star turn as a very young actor. And like sure. I could not be bothered. I wasn't didn't even pay attention to what was happening there. You said fuck the twink, give me the dad. That's right. And then there's another scene later in the film where he walks across the baseball field to his like crying child who sucks at baseball. I can relate. And <laughs> The as way- you as you skin your knees, small skateboard. <laughs> My God, yeah. And so, and he walks across the baseball diamond. He's wearing these like beautiful medium wash Levi's five hundred ones. And again, I'm just like riveted by how his arch- the architecture of the jeans against his cock and balls. It's just yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I think we need to for a second label how much of a fashion faggot you are. And I love oh, that honey. so much. Yeah, thank you. Because the next part that I blame. Like, I took that little pattern framework and, like, was moving around the world. Copying and pasted. Yeah. Honey, anytime I saw a man in Levi's 501s, I was like, stop everything. I, like, so distracted. Stop the world. I want to get on. Yeah, exactly. I want to, like, slowly unbutton. It was the button fly of the Levi's and the way that it had been, like... I mean, and little did I know at this point that there was like the 1970s was full of this iconic imagery of like bulges and like Levi's. I didn't know that like leather guys were all into this, but like I was meanwhile discovering it on like my friend's fathers. Like I was. Oh my God. A friend's father, the things they did not do to us, but we wish they did. And they were like coaching my baseball team, my soccer team. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you need help at the house after? Like, I'm a really good helper. I, yeah. I, I specifically, do you need help buttoning your Levi's? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll fold them. Like, I'll put them away. I just want to like be with them. In Parenthood, did Steve Martin have thigh hair around the the undies? Do you remember that? He, I do, of course. He doesn't. He's like he's not a very hairy guy, which I also like. Definitely think is extremely hot. Like there were other older daddies of my childhood that didn't look just like Steve Martin, but he did not. Why do you ask? Because I'm fishing. I'm fishing. Yeah. I, I want to. I obviously. I always 
when I get to talk to a gorgeous Harry King like yourself, I always like to touch on our relationship to body hair because mm. it is something that I struggled with. But yeah. did you, were you a shaver for a while or did you always embrace? Because I know you grew up in like, I feel like Northern California, probably it c- could have gone either way. Yeah. could have gone, we want to be Abercrombie back or it could have gone, no, no, we are the land of leather daddies who embrace the hair. Where did you Yeah, um, I definitely... I was in a household that was so nurturing and so loving towards the body hair. So I had a lot of conversations with my mom early on, like, so what are we going to do about this? Like, can you start shaving my back? Like, can we shave the chest? Because, like, I don't look like the other boys. The tw- right. Like, the, like, beautiful twinks who are, like, rippling abs all of a sudden. And I'm, like, meanwhile, like, husky and just, like, prepubescent. What is that about? The fucking 14 and a half year olds who already have a sick eight pack? It's so scary. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah, just like landing, landing the turn perfectly. So yeah, I try. Let's see. What What did your what did your mom say? Oh, she you? was like, uh, honey, I don't think you want to get into that. Like it only grows back thicker. And she was like trying to like educate with just like facts without having like an opinion. And then was also. Is that a fact about it growing back thicker? I, I've, I I've never known. I don't know. I mean, I believed it. Like, I took that in and was like then terrified anytime that I did go and hack. Like, it was the back, the like top neck hair that I of was course. like most terrified of. Oh, I was more or ortified when the guy cutting my hair would shave my neck and then he'd have to go a little bit lower i would be literally blood yeah past the t-shirt line blood seeping into my face oh baby picturing the entire salon staring pointing laughing silently i mean that's how it felt in my my gay bones yeah when of course no one gave a shit and it's taken me you know decades to be like it doesn't fucking change my value of a human if i have hair in one place but no it it is a real thing it really is yeah i mean it's just like let it be not like we're as young little gay boys like marking all the differences between us and others and yet now let's add this other layer which is like this inevitable thing that's just going to happen to your body that's markedly different than everyone else's yes and yeah it was it's rough so did you shave or did you like play with narrow oh honey oh honey i shaved was a hairless little twonk (laughs) she was i mean the hilarious thing is you could like see my like sad devastating stubble because i had to shave every two hours and Mm -hmm. then my completely hairless body and you're like something isn't adding up we went on a trip my senior year and i waxed we went on a trip with like my fellow classmates and i waxed from chin to trail whoa from chin to trail i waxed yeah and it was I mean, not even like funny, like 40-year-old virgin. It was like, just picture a sad violin, single tear, as I'm like, I, th- I, this is not my choice. Society chose for me. I cannot have a single piece of body hair. Yeah. I was just like, for whatever reason, I, I think it's what you're saying, actually, is like any difference that I had sing- would have signaled that I was gay. And this was mere months before I came out. So I was like on like the rock bottom of mm-hmm. closetedness, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. knowing the inevitable, but not feeling like there was a way out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I I waxed my entire front, which was, and back. I mean, it was just so, it was, and then I look, you look at pictures and it's just like, oh baby, well, what were we doing, yeah. baby? And then, and then it wasn't until, I mean, I, luckily when I went to college and I didn't have the energy 
right. to do any of that. I just let it grow and then hooked up with guys who liked it. And then I was like, and it literally had to like rewire my brain. That's right. I remember that moment hooking up with guys and then them like letting me know that body hair was hot. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. I just have something that you like and I don't have to yeah. do anything. Thank God. Finally. Were you doing that? Did you hook up with any boys when you were growing up or was it when you left the house? Because I know you went to school in North Carolina, right? Yeah. I went to school in North Carolina. I hooked up with not really in high school. Maybe it was in high school, like late, late, late. I came out right after I graduated, like on my 18th birthday, because she's a Leo and a drama queen. And I was like, this will be great <laughs> and, for you. Uh, but like, I was in quiet fantasy over teachers and friends' dads. Like, I just had no interest in the boys in my school. Like, I wasn't attracted to anyone in my class. So there was never any, like, longing that I sort of, like, now hear from friends that's, like, so beautiful the way they, like, followed their, like, quarterback around and was, like, just desperately <laughs> waiting. And, like, that was not my story. So I think I was patiently waiting. And then, yeah, once I got to college, I kind of cut loose and started getting the things I wanted. Um, did you fuck dads in college? I did. Yeah. She got what she wanted. Uh, I had... Like, where did she Where did she meet them? Out and about or on the Computer Dora? Uh, yeah, because at that point, Grinder was out. And I think maybe... Oh, maybe I didn't really... No, no, no. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I didn't lose my virginity, like my butt, butt virginity until I was 21. And that was in Ashland, Oregon with a dear friend who's still a friend of mine now, who was my age or a little older. I don't think I really got my daddy shit on until I left college, actually. And that was th like, maybe there was just like some freedom. No, okay. There was one. Uh... <laughs> I shouldn't talk about it on the pod, but I almost got kicked out of school. Let's just say that. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, I love this tease. I'm not going to make you say anything else, but I am going to conjecture in front of you while you stare at me. I'm going to paint a picture that what happened is, is that you hooked up with a professor. And then right. if that if that would have been found out, then it would have been firing of the professor. I don't know why you would have been kicked out because that's what we call slut shaming in my industry. <laughs> However, um, it is unfortunately so hot to hear that oh and my god it was extremely hot it was everything i had wanted and fantasized about i had like watched porn around it for years so you did um, that but you i will tell that. you the reality versus the fantasy was not as good uh you know like the ramifications after the shame the all the other shit that happened was not as fun oh but god. we lived and then after college i like really went after it because i found out there was daddy hunt um, the app instead of scruff i was like oh and an even more niche app designed for someone <laughs> like me and it actually like on a real truthful level like it was really liberating because i think again another layer within the gay community of making me feel other was that like i was attracted to guys who were way older than me and everyone yeah. was like oh that's so gross like aren't yeah. their balls saggy and like blah 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 and I was like, this is something I can't control. Like, I don't know why I'm attracted to these folks, but like I am. So can I go enjoy it? Gus, let me tell you, you're you're putting to my mind a devastating image. I had hooked up with a daddy my like junior, we'll say junior year of college. And it was he lived in a fancy apartment by Washington Square Park. Mm. And I was walking with him hand in hand while he walked his greyhound. And I lock eyes with a classmate of mine, 21 year old classmate. Yeah. It's almost like in a movie, he like stares at me shocked 
turns his head, runs away, and I say, cut to close up to me, fuck. Blackout, fade up, fade open to the next day at school. Everyone knows about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has told everyone that Eric's fucking his 50-year-old. Uh-huh. And 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 it was like a point of shame. Like it was like, yeah, can you believe course. he's doing this? But like, I don't regret the hookup at all. I wish he was a better kisser. I'm gonna say yeah. that. Sure, sure, sure. But all in all, I lived and learned. Exactly. But like it's like if you had just swapped out that 50-year-old for like hot jock and the next day everyone was talking about it, you would have been walking around like fucking, you know, Regina George, just like yeah, it's me. I'd be sitting on the shoulders of the other classmates. Yeah. It would be like a perpetual bar mitzvah uh, party for sure. Exactly. Dancing the horror over and over <laughs> for you. Talk about horror. I want to see a Samantha Jones do a, a uh, you're so not invited to my bar mitzvah, Samantha Jones version. Talk about a horror. Um, <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I want to get into some of your inspiration for these gorgeous videos you post. Um, You have posted a video about gays in September where you make fun of gays who like neutral colors. They love the chill in the air or and they love a chunky sock. Uh, Gus, Mm -hmm. are you making fun of us or are you looking within and labeling your own love for fall? I couldn't have said it more beautifully. It's the latter for for sure. I'd say across the board... When I make these videos, my inspiration, yeah, it comes from within. I go after the most embarrassing thing that I observe myself doing. Yeah. Or not necessarily embarrassing. Definitely embarrassment is like a huge, like, ding, ding, ding. I've got something here. Let's talk about it. 
but also just like observing the like tiniest, most specific quirky things that I do. And I'm like, how do I articulate this? And sometimes I turn up the volume on it and satirize it a little bit more and like turn it up. But like, I'm always coming for myself first. (laughs) And then inevitably, because the specific becomes universal, like everyone's like, oh my God, that's me. And I'm like, yeah, babe, like we're all living in the same times. Like we all went to liberal arts school. Like we're all living in New York. (laughs) There's nothing new here. Well, that's why your video when you're an actor congratulating their friend after their performance. Uh, Who are you? It's devastating because it as as a fellow actress, performtress, Mm -hmm. theatrical prisoner, I do find us to be simultaneously inspiring and the worst people to be around. And I think that video sort of sums it up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm I just fucking, I have so much love and affection and empathy and sympathy and fucking applause for people trying to be just like noble and like good, you know? But like at the end of the day, we're living in a culture that has like made us all like narcissists who just like stare at ourselves and are so aware of watching ourselves because that's all we do on the internet is like, post pictures of ourselves and then like watch people react to pictures of me but it's also i think there's like the 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 theater of it all is it's also society has built that universe to be nearly impossible to find success in and yet we all want to project how not only not successful but like how we can make ourselves feel important within that devastating realm and so it's like you have to respect the hustle but also Mm -hmm. underneath it all i find it to be so deeply sad in a very funny human way me too absolutely i mean i think great comedy and for me like a lot of my work is like right on that line of like this is the saddest most depressing thing that i've experienced and also so fucking funny to me like that we have all been like trapped on this app where we like have to like announce that like i'll be taking a break you all will not see me for six months as i go out on this venture and i'm like babe just turn it off like and by the way it ends up being six days if we're being a hundred percent or if it's like six months it's like well i'm back and (laughs) it was amazing you guys but here's what i learned you know like just the (laughs) like performance of like i'm detached but i'm also like completely stuck in this little environment well, and to make us feel a little better, I, I will say this because my brother did publicly drag himself. Uh, he, my younger brother, got like a, a fancy finance job in California. He was living in Chicago, and he his friends threw him a going away party, and then days later, he decided to not take the job and stay in Chicago. So like it happens across <laughs> industries, babe, like weeping at the party. I'm going to miss you boys so much. And then like by Wednesday, the next week, he's like, yeah, I'm actually staying. Do you guys want to go to, uh, I don't know, Everlane and get a beer? Absolutely. I'm kidding. But, like, I mean, here's the thing is like, I think it speaks to this, like, and this is something I'm obsessed with and I have it myself. I'm someone who's like long done morning pages in artist way <laughs> has like announced to many friends that like, I'll be going to grad school this fall. Um, for like, at, you know, like grad school is huge in our community. Like we love oh, to announce we're going no. to grad school, but like all of it speaks toward this like addiction to self-revelation because self-revelation has social capital. Like if I post on Instagram that I'm like, I'm now actually moving to Minnesota to live 
in the woods or what you know whatever the fucking thing is it's like we love revelation because like it what it what it screams is like growth and like success and like this is devastating to label because you're so right you're so right but i do want to like commend you and dan both on one of the things i really like about not only just like your presence on the internet but also like it's so nice to feel a connection with people and to feel like for example dan with this book is obviously a huge deal and he should be not only proud but posting his asshole out like as much as he can and he's not only doing that but doing it in a way where like we are still rooting for that and i think that's a skill that could be taught in university which is like Mm. how to live out loud Mm -hmm. and proud and not make people want to kill you like that to me is a very commendable skill yeah and when i got to meet you and Dan both in person. It's just like, just that's how you know it's working. It's because it's translating from the internet to in person. Mm. And I think that that is like something I aspire to and the best, the best type of people are. Because you know there are people who are posting their self-revelations. They're posting their, their loud personality, their huge things. And then you meet them in person and it's just very not the same thing. And I'm not yeah. dragging them. It's just like, it's clearly <laughs> like a very interesting curation of like posting and sometimes it meshes with your IRLness and sometimes yeah. it completely goes against it and I just find it's all very interesting. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for reflecting that back. That's very generous and I'm happy to hear it. Dan is uh yeah, he's a wonderfully optimistic and joyful person in my experience of him in our private relationship and I think that's a big part of himself and he's chosen to sort of let that part shine through on Instagram. It's not to say that like, obviously what you see on Instagram is not our entire life and there right. are like low moments. And he's not someone who's like trying to masquerade and share it, like be like, oh no, that's not happening. It's just right. like, he's aware that like, this is a platform for me to share this part of myself and my experience. Mm-hmm. So I think what gets confusing and what you're hitting on is like, when we started out and like you're with me girl like we were on facebook and like you posted a 19 photo album of like an evening out with friends and so like these things initially started as just like a little like live journal like sharing with your friends like what happened but now that it's like become a platform and like so many people like dan are like building businesses and and things off of it careers it's like confusing because you're supposed to just be like here's me at the gym but it's like with the shellac of like, this is, has to be an advertisement also. Yeah, and so I think that's dark. where we hit this like dark, where people are like, who am I in real life? Because it's like, I've created this thing that I'm doing on the internet, but it's not me. It's so, it's so true. And I, I think that the most successful we can be is like taking it the least seriously possible while yes. also like harnessing the power of just like putting the dumb things up that people identify with. Yeah. And since we are talking about you and Dan together, you posted a, a gorgeous shot of your your Daniversary. And I want to ask about the next part of this caption. You said, quote, I love that you're pool and I'm beach. Mm. Some of my best poetry. Your beach. Yeah, I'm a beach girl for sure. So what does that say? What does that say about you versus Dan being pool? Um wow, that's a beautiful question. So pools are inherently artificial. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Just drag holds, him, drag yeah, him. Holds, I mean, no, that is like actually like I think the control of a pool is what Dan likes. Mm. Dan likes to know where the edges are. He likes to know this has been cleaned. He likes to know that like where did this come from? Uh, Nary a jellyfish I'm, to be seen. Yeah, and I'm like, girl, send me into the abyss. Like, mm. <laughs> how many people have swam these waters? What's underneath? Oh my god, it's terrifying. But I think it's also I just grew up around all of that, so it like has a sentimental place for me. Like, I really like spending time by the ocean. I don't know. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm fucking scared of the ocean. I wanted to be a surfer, and like, I went to surf camp and like spent time in the water. But like, I'm so scared of sharks, and so that abyss is both like thrilling because it's so much bigger than me, but also like I am so scared when I'm in the water sometimes. Which is so. somewhat poetry to say, like we love the vastness, and yet we're deeply afraid of it. But I do find that the older I get, the more afraid I get of the ocean, and I don't love that for me. Like when I went to um. Black Beach recently, which I discussed in last week's episode, because that is, of course, mm-hmm. the nudie beach where I posted an episode saying, don't listen, mom. And my mom, in fact, just listened to and called me to tell me so. Went ahead and listened. But the, this, I bring this up because both times I've been there, multiple people have been bit by stingrays. And the second I witness that happen, I will not go more than a three centimeter length into the water. I just like, I, I, if there's a single chance now, yeah. why would I risk it? Which I don't love about me, but it's that's what's happening. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I mean, there was shark attacks this summer, like in exorbitant numbers at Reese and like all over New York, where like historically there's never been sharks or attacks. And I'm like... What that was my place. Like I used to, I love swimming there because I knew there were no sharks. Now no, it is, it is like getting it, worse. It's it, oh, it is getting worse, and it's climate change, and you know, it's generally the world is a dumpster fire, and et cetera. Um, but I think no, I'm with you. Like I can't get in the water and not like play out the movie in my head about what's happening and what's going to happen, and like it's definitely going to be me. Oh yeah, I was no. out alone, and it was like. A little too late. Like I just like I write. Sweetie, the news you story. came out on your 18th birthday. It's gonna happen to you. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> if there's a shark attack, it will be you. It's gonna be me. Yeah. It's and then the movie version, the the true crime documentary is it's slow motion. Backstreet Boys going. It's gonna be me. And then the camera slowly pans around you. <laughs> you spot a daddy. The shark is behind you. Oh my god! I mean, David Hasselhoff was early early daddy to Baywatch I was like pretending to watch Pam Anderson and I was like who is that man and that again body hair there we go relatable perfect beautiful demonstration of beautiful body hair beautiful body hair do you um remember the last time you shaved your body hair I'm hoping it was at least two decades I was listening to your story and I'm remembering that I did do it once and the way I framed it because I was too embarrassed to admit that I wanted to like be like everyone else was i was like i just want to try it like i was like you guys like you realize i've never really seen my stomach like (laughs) that's crazy i should like shave this and just like see just just like horridly not true and just silly so then i think it was in college in north carolina one time i took like a beard trimmer to it i didn't like bick shave it good for you I don't think I did my chest though because i was so scared of just like oh you did the um you did the cutoff 
I did my belly because I have a ton of belly hair. And so I just did the belly. I think also at that point I was like, do I have abs? <laughs> did you? And like, are they covered by body hair? Is that the problem? No, I did not have abs. <laughs> like, it was not, not the issue. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They're not hiding. <laughs> I mean, they're hiding, but they're not hiding under body hair. Um, oh, I. it's again, yeah. the relatability is, is, is gorgeous. Um, yeah but then you know coming around to accepting i feel like that's just life though it's like hating something about yourself and then the moment that you come around to love it is like oh finally that's something dan has really taught me like that man really understands how to to walk the path with self-love and mm. that word is fucking cringy obviously but like he's taught me a lot about listening to what other people say taking it in ruining yourself over it and then like regurgitating that back into like joy and harmony. So, uh, so are you talking about like like hearing anything critical? Yeah, just like if you hear that, you know, because like for us, like you'll remember the thing that like a stranger on a street said. It's like not even like yeah. oh my mom used to say this or like right. someone in your close family. It's like someone just needs to say like one off color remark at the Amoeba Records, and you're like. <laughs> I'll throw myself off the bridge. And that's all you can think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I even do that with not proud, but I'm working on this with Matt. I think like I've been really discussing in our couples therapy about like what support looks like as a partner, especially for me being in this world of just like constantly putting out a podcast, doing this live show. It's like I and figuring out what the healthy version of that support looks like because he is not my collaborator he is not my you know assistant he is not but like i but if if there is something that like he can say 25 great things and then maybe one thing that he maybe thought could be improved upon of course what am i thinking of the one thing which is like not mm-hmm. he, he's like well, fuck my drag. I just gave you 25 compliments, but it's like, right. it's You're not hearing that. Yeah. It's, but it's, it, it is like, it is about the self love. It's like, if you are seeking out the criticisms because you're trying to prove that they're true, well, that's already, you're at a loss. And I'm, mm-hmm. and that's something that I, that I'm working on. I mean, it's, it's hard. And I love that yeah. Dan is like that, that example of not doing that. Yeah. And like, to be fair, he's like, he's a nor, he's like us, like it's taken years. He's right. got, a few years on me and like i think it wasn't always that way but he's in a really good season where he's kind of found the rhythm with that and he still gets you know blown to the side by it sometimes and knocked over but well of course i i well i think that the also that's a testament to like just putting in the years of the awareness of it because i do think there are a lot of people who don't even know that's what they're doing but i think someone like dan and i i think it will be us when we get to be like a few years down of like, okay, I can actually feel like this practice of not punching myself in the fucking asshole because yeah. one mean comment is like, you know, oh, I can see my muscle memory has now gotten stronger. Yeah. I mean, I relate to that so much. I think so much of it is like we learned or I learned early on taking up space was dangerous because I was made fun of when I did it or like when I tried, it was like humiliating. Oh yeah. So part of the way we keep ourselves smaller, I keep myself small is to like a million forms of self-sabotage to like basically not let myself have the opportunity to do something, try something. So I'm sitting with that. It's so, it's, that is very, very well said. And you know what we do deserve? To take up 
a delicious right. amount of space and to let and leave yes, a baby. trail of body hair behind us. <laughs> yeah. Not shaved, just like shed. Cause I shed. Do you shed? Not shaved. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Same. Sweetie, of course. Um, but Gus, I can't have you on this gay ass podcast, which without asking the next podcast question, right. Gus Haggerty, if the world was ending, mm-hmm. you could only save one character actress. Who would you save? Okay. I've thought about this long and hard. I've I've made my lists. Um You've checked it twice. Yeah, and I almost proposed. I was like, I'll tell him I need multiple. And I was like, yeah, right. That's why he asked for one. Um, it's lo- I do like this inside the actor's studio. Go on. Okay. Who is it? It's Laura Dern. Mm, I see mm-hmm. that for you. Thank you. Yeah. And so let's get really sharp and specific here, though, because obviously I say that name, and she carries like a lot of gay iconography. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to live in the general here. We're not going to just live in like, yes, bitch, you're an icon, God. <laughs> like, no. I want to get really specific with a couple key moments from Laura Dern, which is why I need, personally, I need her on the island with me. Because yes. she reflects so much back to me personally, which is why I think you reacted the way you did. You're like, I see that for you. I do. So, like, broadly, Laura Dern is one of the best actors of our time. Period. Correct. Correct. And if you need to talk to me further about this, I'm happy to. She she is willing, and keyword willing, she's willing to put the most despicable, embarrassing parts of herself in front of us, but she does it with such truth and integrity that it's like, it's so uncomfortable to watch because mm-hmm. it's so true. So, and to me, that is like what a great clown does for lack of a better term, because that's like cringy drama school language, but like. Can I give you a line that 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 makes me think, your description points me to the line of, I will not not be rich. Oh. That performance of that line, I think is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth bubbling up and she, oh my God, yeah. I'll never forget that in the car. Yeah, Renata Klein was a huge force. I mean, that character in particular. I grew up in Northern California with like a lot of Patagonia moms who are like oh my God. hiking. Oh my and God. Like, they were like part of charities and like doing good, but like extremely entitled and like rich. And so when Renata Klein happened, I was like, this is like, I mean, this is like a satire of where I grew up. And that show is a satire. Like, it's so overdone that it's hysterical. I mean, the fact that Reese Witherspoon, isn't she like trying to... Something about like the musical Avenue Q, that to me already is... That's right. Important. Yeah. All those moms are important. Renata was amazing. I mean, that performance is... When she's talking... Okay, so moment to moment. In that, Big Little Lies, in the first season, she has a conversation with the school principal... And she's talking about her daughter, Annabella, genius name. The writing on that show is insane. And she's like, I'm going to paraphrase the line, but she's like, so last year my child was bullied um, and bit. So we're going to make sure that doesn't happen again. And then she, so it's also with a smile because she's going to be a good mom and she's going to make this principal love her. So like, that's what's happening underneath it. But then she turns around and there's a marching band just like suddenly walking down the hallway. And she's like, oh. And you see her disgust yeah, yeah, yeah. that. And I'm like, oh, that little specificity is perfect. So there's Renata Klein. But one of the most incredible performances 
And I credit John Early for giving me this gift of watching um, Mike White's Enlightened on HBO. Mm. Laura Dern playing Amy Jellicoe is one of the most devastating performances in our catalog. It's so, oh my God, it's unbelievable. She has so many scenes, but there's this one scene, she's like obsessed with her ex-boyfriend Luke Wilson's character and can't let him go. And he's an addict and she's trying to control him. Like mm. I relate. And she's like gone to this healing retreat place where she's gotten recovery. And so she suddenly feels really empowered with spirit yeah. to change people and to do good in the world. And she Talk makes, about self-revelation. Oh my God. I mean, she's this character is the queen of it. I love this show so much. And there's this one scene where she calls Luke Wilson's character and you know that she's like, been thinking about the phone call for hours, been thinking about what he's doing and like, when is it appropriate to call? Like obsessing the way we do. Mm -hmm. And she calls him and she gets three words from the writer. Hi, hi, hi. And what Laura Dern does with those three words, I mean, it's fucking, it's perfect. Because inside those three words is, I'm trying to make you believe that I'm chill. Ugh. And I'm trying to make you believe that I love you. And also that this is just a casual phone call, which it's not. And so that one, it's like, it's like, hey, hi, hey. Uh, I have a, a screen, I have a video of it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Please do. I, it's, um, it, you're yeah. so good at of like giving us the, the visuals, even in your words, because I can see it. I can see yeah. it. And then, okay, my last one because this is my other reference point of why she is the best character actor of our time and needs to live on with me. Did you see Marriage Story? I did. Okay. So Marriage Story actually has another, another character actress who's very important and has one scene in that movie that's legendary. But Alora Dern plays Scarlett Johansson in Adam Driver's like moderate or uh, lawyer in the like yes, moderation yes, process yes. of the divorce. And there's a scene where they're like figuring it out and Alan Arkin's there and there's like, they're like in a conference room. Yes. And it's proposed that they need to order lunch. And like, this is why I love her is because like, she is listening with her entire body at all mm. times. She's just a fucking animal in the room. And she's like owning this conference room and there's like assistants around. And this assistant like starts to show the, everyone the menu for the sandwich place that they like clearly always order from. Yeah. And he's, he takes the order from everyone else. I watch this scene like bi-monthly. I come back to it. I don't watch the whole movie because it's like insane and <laughs> whatever. Noah Baumbach's like sometimes cool. But um, the assistant like turns to Laura Dern to confirm her order because he's an assistant and he knows. Right. And before he can say it, she grabs, she physically does this with her hand as she says, kale salad. <laughs> salad and i i mean that just speaks volumes about who this person is that like she's eating kale salad she knows her order she gets the same thing every time and also the grab is like let's get yeah. back to this meeting because she also does this right after and it's oh, <laughs> i just highly recommend coming back to that scene it's so good well i think your homework post recording is to send me those two clips kale salad and hi 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 Hi, hi. Yeah. Oh, well. Wow. Gus, you I have given so us 
a masterclass in proving your love for a character actress. And that is <laughs> a gift that I do not take for, for granted. Thank um, you. I had a lot of runner ups, Eric. Like, it was hard. I think, like, give I want to ask you. Give me a snapshot of who were who the, the runner ups. Oh my God. Niecy Nash and love getting on an HBO talking about a sh- piece of shit on a on a chair or like speaking mandarin to alex borstein like she deserves an oscar for that laurie metcalf on getting on her whole Huge. career Huge. mayor winning him mayor winning him oh god she's amazing so you yeah these these i think what we're proving here is that just like dan grossi pelosi you will need a reunion episode of gay ass podcast where we can mm. really i mean in. dive into our our ranks I would love to. I need to know. I mean, I know some of yours. I, what is, why do you think, like, why is a character actor so gay? I think or to me, actor, it's, actress, excuse me. Well, I think it's because I, 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 I honestly think it's because of the powerful women of it all. I even like on the bachelor party episode I just put up, it's like, I, I talk about how the negativity we get from the world is mostly from straight men. I'm not, I, and I, I, of course, have beautiful straight men in my life who deserve only good things to be said about them in particular. As a whole, yeah, not great. And then on the flip side, the women who have who are the people that tell us to take up space. Your mother telling you not to shave your body. The women in school who sit with us at lunch, I think when we see them on screen in larger than life roles who are showing us their ugliness and proving that they are human, but also fucking powerful, beautiful, flawed, hilarious, mean, whatever it is, I think like that mirrors back to us the affirmation that we're okay to be us if I may be mm. so disgustingly gay. I just think like that, that and that to me, it's, it's, it's a reason why this question is quite like, it's hard to answer because it's hard to choose one, but it's easy. It's easy to pull up an immediate list of women. And I think yeah. that you really beautifully illustrate that, like the love, how deep that love comes from within you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you articulated it so beautifully. I never thought of that. It's like, it's almost like they like hit, an artery in us like that's what it feels like when you ask me that question and i start going through and i'm like oh my god this has been such a huge part of my life and i didn't realize it like you kind of like do the assumptive like like i don't i'm just so like burnt on the like iconography around like jennifer coolidge and the way we just like pick one woman and just like deify them for 30 minutes and then like the next one goes well there's a lot to be said for the things that the disappointment that we can feel over Jennifer Coolidge does deserve oh. flowers, yeah, but yeah, yeah. what has been done to her in the mainstream lately? It's like made it, it's made it, it's, it has taken away something I feel. Yeah. And honestly, like I take, I take some responsibility in that. Like I feel like gay men like can really like, they're loud and we start like being like, yes, slay mama. Yes, you're this mama. And like, we don't even know what we're talking about. We're just like using the buzzwords that we know we're supposed to use from like RuPaul's Drag Race. And it just becomes this like whirlwind. where I'm, Or we like, don't know what are the ramifications are of us like leaning in so hard. I think that's also what it is. It's like, yeah. oh my God, someone finally is is putting Jennifer Coolidge on a yacht with gay men on a prestige television show. Yes, mama slay boots the house down and yet here we are there's too much discourse <laughs> there's too much discourse and also like it just screams that like 
I mean, some of these television shows, like Michael Patrick Thornton, like admitted with Evan Ross Katz that he's like sometimes thinking about the meme that will be created one from his shows. And I'm just like, I love that because I love Evan and I love that like that's it's a fun, playful world. But then I'm also like, let Laura Dern keep being Laura Dern and like yeah, yeah, don't yeah. tell Jennifer Coolidge now like how to because like now I just feel like she's like trapped in this. Thing and like has to say like funny gay lines for right. us. Right. The beauty. The beauty is that that it comes from them, and yes. then there's that universality versus like like deciding what's the universal meme, and then making yes. them do that. It's like no, they are not the monkey in the cage. We yeah. are the. There's gonna be there's somehow that that analogy totally. works. I mean, like um, Laura Dern has no clue. Like when you hear her in interviews, she like doesn't understand why like someone like me or you would be obsessed with her. She's like, I'm just playing the re- the reality right. of this person. Exactly, exactly. Like, I'm sorry, why do you think that's funny? That's <laughs> like, also like this yes. is different but similar. Where there's the Kate Blanchett interview where they ask her about the gays, and I think it's G A Z E, but she hears G A Y S, and then she does a, a limp wrist like. <laughs> that that's that's a clip uh, that needs to be needs yeah. to be resurfaced um but listen guess while we're proving that a return episode is mandatory i need need to close out this episode with the final question guess what is the best Whoopi goldberg film mm. the color purple mm, in theaters whenever that's coming out um the, the new musical or the musical version i cannot wait for but got a gorgeous answer and gus a gorgeous guest um tell me where can people find you on the interwebs you can find me on instagram and tiktok um and probably on a couple news articles that pop up from years past <laughs> oh i read uh, one from 2010 i did there was an obsessed. interview it was good can't wait um so gus gus dot Hegarty, H-E-A-G-E-R-T-Y. That's my Instagram handle. And I think it's the same on TikTok. I hope I synced those up. I don't know. But follow me on Instagram. It'll be linked in the description. And Gus, I cannot wait to see you IRL whenever that is again. And I cannot thank you enough for such a gorgeous episode. I mean that. God, thank you, Eric. It was a pleasure. This is the best bar mitzvah ever. Mazel Tov! Thanks for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. I love having you here every single week. And if you want more of this, check out the Patreon for bonus episodes, only $5 a month. And this week, talking about some real life shit for me, dealing with adult friendship breakups. Brutal, but it does play a role in my gayness. And I think you might get a lot out of it. I'll see you in New York on November 3rd for the New York Comedy Festival Gay Ass Live Show. And I'll see you next week on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.